a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, another fascinating day on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. Kevin McCarthy has made significant progress from where the day began. Uh, I think he could probably be one of those to declare that the uh, rumors and reports of his demise were greatly exaggerated. Uh, I think there were a few headlines that had him uh, dead and buried. And he clearly is not that. He's actually only just a couple of votes away from claiming Speaker of the House in the House of Representatives. Uh, the House has adjourned for a few hours. They will resume voting at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock here in the state of Utah. Uh, there's a, a few things that have developed over the course of the day. Much more to come in terms of closing the deal. And we're really thrilled to have joining us on the line from our nation's capital, Representative John Curtis. Representative, thanks for jumping on on a very busy day back there. Thanks, Boyd. I'm equally thrilled to be with you and your listeners. Uh, well, give us a, a little sense. Uh, obviously, when the day began, uh, there was not a lot of momentum uh, and uh, not a lot of things to be optimistic about. But it started with some conversations, obviously last night, some negotiations, but really some transparency, it seems to me, in terms of conversations with the conference as a whole uh, and with the Freedom Caucus and some of those that have been holding out. So I would say uh, the only slight difference to that is the, the, the points that we've been discussing have been discussed literally for months. Mm. But a lot of it has come down to the group of 20 not trusting Kevin that he would actually um, work on the things that were important to them. And I think one of the things that happened last night was enough assurances were put forward that they started to grow comfortable with that. As a matter of fact, if you noticed when they voted today, most of them said something about because of, of good faith uh, negotiations or good yeah. faith conversations. And I think what's happened is um, – there's just been a little bit of restoring of trust. And this morning we had a, a conference uh, call with all the members, and it was back to the um, good vibes, the good feeling. Even before these folks had, had committed, it just seems like that the, 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 the way we were interacting with each other, with each other changed. Mm. And that's what was causing the problem uh, more than anything. Yeah, I think that's so significant. And just that transparency that builds that kind of trust. Uh, in terms of those conversations, uh, I, I think is a, is a great lesson for all of us when we get to those impasses or those snags, whether it's in a relationship or with your boss or uh, in your community. <laughs> Imagine that, right? <laughs> uh, well, so as you as you look at kind of what is next, and uh, a lot has been made over: Will Leader McCarthy be able to govern 
given the concessions uh, that were made. As I look at it, most of those concessions, uh, let's let's set aside the vacating of the chair portion, uh, but it seems to me that a lot of the concessions uh, are, have really been either about transparency or about process in terms of everyone being able to have access to really be a representative in terms of amendments and what goes to the floor. And so it seems to me there was a lot that uh, actually could be consensus pieces for the entire conference. I totally agree with that. And as a matter of fact, I think uh, many Utahns, I I view Utahns in my district as incredibly fiscally conservative. And I I think that speaks for people on on both sides of the the political aisle in Utah. I think we're we're very fiscally conservative and they're going to find some things in these new rules that they really like. Um, One of the things I hear people complain a lot about is a bill that includes all sorts of things that have nothing to do with the bill. Well, one of the um, terms that was agreed upon is that we would have single-issue bills mm-hmm. and that nothing could get added unless it was uh, voted germane. Um, Utahns are going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a, uh, a resolution uh, that would agree to put forward for a balanced budget in 10 years. Utahns are going to like that. And so there are things uh, that they were working towards uh, that I think uh, are going to be very uh, popular back in the district and at home. And for which, quite frankly, I shared their concerns about uh, about them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the shouting you heard on the uh, single issue per bill and the balanced budget, that was actually me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't do it on the radio. I, I went to the rooftop and just <laughs> shouted to D.C. <laughs> yeah. And if we're able to – so this is – we can control the House. We can't control the Senate. But, it, but at least we're doing our part in, in, in this. And uh, there's – I'll tell you, one of the provisions that uh, that kind of snuck in last minute, I, I'm personally going to take a little bit of credit for, I'm super excited, was I've been, I've been saying back here forever that we need to do what Utah does with their baseline budget, mm-hmm. which is in essence that if we can't agree to a budget, that instead of going into a shutdown, we go, we revert to last year's budget. So one of the things that was agreed to is that with the first appropriations bill that's passed next year, we will include a a CR that would automatically kick in if the other appropriation bills are not passed. Mm. That would take us to 99% of last year's budget. And so instead of going into shutdown, which I know we all hate, uh, it's very inefficient and it's very hard on government. Instead of getting a last-minute omnibus bill with a gazillion things and nobody gets to go home for Christmas unless they vote for it, it would simply be the default to to go back to last year's budget at a 99% level. If that is able to hold, that one thing alone will do more to, to deal with our budget lows back here than I think anything else that we've done. And I'm very excited that made it in. And I think Utahns can feel proud that that was modeled after our baseline budget uh, back in Utah. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. 
That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, uh, I love that. And this is so important to to talk to. I really appreciate you taking us behind the scenes a little bit, Congressman, because it it shows that for all the hand wringing and all the doom and gloom and, you know, we're going to have some kind of drama and the sky is falling, (laughs) it it does show that that our – constitutional republic works that these kind of negotiations even though they can be messy and they can be frustrating uh, they can actually produce the results that we we all can be really proud about i'll tell you what uh, chip roy and people are starting to get to know his name i think he was he was standing up at one point and he was he was nominating their candidate at the time i can't remember which one it was but he said something that i actually really agreed with he said this is the first time that we're actually having a debate on the House floor with everybody here. And boy, you know the way that it works back here. People go to the floor and they give these flowery speeches and nobody's there, nobody's listening. It's not a true debate. Well, we had a, we had a debate in front of the American people for several days, and that delayed the speakership. Maybe that's not all bad, right? <laughs> like maybe we can live with that and, and delay the speakership for a couple of days while people who have extreme frustrations who have been elected just like I have to represent their constituents want to air those in front of other members of Congress and debate them. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. And I, uh, Chip Roy and I uh, served as chiefs at the same time. Uh, so yeah, I have, so I have he, a lot he of... He was Ted Cruz and you yes, were like, yeah. That's right. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't always agree with uh, with his tactics or or strategy, but uh, but he is always a an honest broker uh, and someone who's earnest uh, in his principles, and I think we've seen that play out. And again, if we can just get to some of these things like single issue bills and balanced budgets amendment, and you know things that are going to prevent these fiscal cliffs and all these other uh, manufactured crises, uh, I think that's a good day a good day for the republic. Yeah, I'd say this: if at the end of this uh, Congress we're we're successful at even a fraction of what we have laid down, these two days will have been well worth it for the American people to wait for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we we've got a few hours until you uh, reconvene. Yes, now <laughs> we've got to get across the finish line, right? We're not across. <laughs> we can all smell the finish line, but we are not across it. And as you as you've been watching, boy, this. We'll pick up two votes tonight tonight because there have been two Republican members that were, had to be back home that are coming back tonight. But if somebody else is absent or if somebody shows up that wasn't here before, all of the math gets recalculated. So right. nobody quite knows exactly how this is going to go tonight. Yeah, so so no spiking the ball is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's let's get it, let's get it done, and then we can then we can talk about that. Yeah. Well, anything else you're watching for or anticipating as uh, as we go through the next few hours, uh, hoping for a 14th round to be the charm uh, vote tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say just so procedurally people understand what's happening is well, first of all we have to select a, a speaker, then we have to be sworn in. As, as you all know, we're all members elect right now, which is a really funny place for us to be. I'm not official in any of my duties uh, right now. I'm not a I'm, I'm a, a member elect, not a member of Congress. So we, we must be sworn in, and then we have to uh, adopt a rules package. And the right. rules package is where all these things will be implemented that we've been talking about. Well, there's nothing to say that that's going to go any smoother than the speaker's race has gone. And so I think people are going to it may, but at the same time, uh, be prepared for that open airing, that open debate uh, that we've had the last uh, couple of days as we put that rules package together. 
Yeah, well, we, we have a, a rule at our house, and it is uh, families are messy, <laughs> life is messy, <laughs> Congress is messy, and so we're we're okay with a little messy as long as we get the yeah. right principles and the the right process in there. Uh, Representative yeah. John Curtis, appreciate you giving us some behind the scenes look you. there and uh, great perspective, and uh, we look forward to getting about the people's business. Appreciate what you do for the Excellent. state of Utah. Okay, thanks, boy. All right. Again, that's uh, John Curtis joining us today from Washington, D.C. Gives us some great perspective on what has been taking place, what's likely to happen tonight, and most importantly, what is yet to come. It's not all done, folks. So stick around. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back for some final thoughts on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.